Welcome everybody to the In Search of Something Different podcast. Today my guest is going to be Nicolette Erdély. She is an insanely successful entrepreneur. Uh, her tool is Access Consciousness. We will talk about how she became so successful starting as a hairdresser and going through various events in her life to finally arrive where she is right now. So sit back and relax on this next episode of In Search of Something Different podcast. Well, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I was so excited to have you here. And um, yeah, um, I wanted to tell you first uh, how I met you. And then because I think it was really important and really a big like I had such a you had such an impact on my life. First of all, this is not going to be going to be a secret, but um, I think really highly of you and then how I heard about you it was like a year ago when uh, your current partner is one of my friends and he told me about you and then I was like who is this girl let me just like look it up like who is she and and then I went on YouTube and I found one of your recent videos that was about receiving and then mm -hmm. I, was, I clicked play and I saw you and then there was this shiny little girl not little but shiny amazing person and I was like wow what the hell like instantly I was instantly hooked because of your energy hmm. the energy that you um that you that you spread around you and also you were talking about receiving and in that in that uh that moment you were talking about receiving and and that kind of made me realize that I need to focus on that and then it started to started to bring me to uh to get hooked on your content um I wanted to say then that at that point I realized what you do and uh, what what's your story, and I wanted to I wanted to ask with the easy question: What made you so shining? What is this point? <laughs> what is this magic? Today with my black hands, I don't <laughs> really shiny. seem shiny. Thank you. One thing is thank you for having me because. Um, you know, I'm following you for years now, and it's so funny because when I saw you commenting on something I was putting out there, and I was like, hey, Chris, come here, look at that, I follow Bori, you know who is that girl? And he's like, yeah, she's my friend. Yeah. And I was following you because I was traveling, and I was really, um, what I really liked about your story, I told you this um, already, so you were talking about backpacking mm. for a while. Yeah. And then at some point you had this post saying, I'm not backpacking anymore. Yeah. I, I, I'm choosing something different. Mm. And I was like, finally, someone. <laughs> and you got some comments and like, oh, you should do that or you should not change, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, people, they want mm. you to stay the same. Mm. Um, and back to your question, I don't really know how... I became so shiny, <laughs> but um, I really do love what I do. Mm. And I think people should know that they have another choice and mm. that life shouldn't be hard. And that is one thing in life, what my mentor used to say, that should be hard and it's not life. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy start for the five, first five minutes. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. One of the things that, um, that uh, was really catchy in your story that I really want you to tell for the audience, because that for me was like, what the hell? I was already listening to you for a while. And, and you, were saying, you were saying that only a few years ago, you were a completely different person and you dared to change. And this is why you are here, because... You're changing pretty much every month <laughs> since I <laughs> follow week. you. <laughs> every hour, every 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but uh, what I see is that uh, there was like this huge change. There was something happened in your, in your life. And I would love to, for you to tell a little bit about the accident and what happened, yeah. happened there. Because I think that story is, for me, that was mind-blowing, whatever happened there. Yeah. Thank you. So I... I was born on the countryside. It's like, I don't know, 100 kilometers from Budapest. And growing up, I was living in this really simple family. Like no one in my family had a degree, not even mm. a high, high school degree. So my grandparents, they had like sixth grade or eighth grade or something like that. And I always knew that what they are doing is just, is just too small for me. And when my, mm. my parents divorced... Um, the same day when my mother left, me and my dad, we were left in that village, basically the two of us, and we had no place to go. So we were just, you know, we went to the playground and I was swinging and I remember swinging, going so fast and my dad was crying right next to me. He always been a victim of everything. And I was like, dad your reality is so small for me. And this became something in the family. They were always like, oh, when you were seven, you already hell? knew that this is too small for you. <laughs> I was like, this is actually really small. And I knew that my family playing small. Mm. And I always knew I'm not going to do that. But I had all these stories and point of views and everything from them. So I was kind of living autopilot, doing mm. what I learned, what I saw. And... In my whole entire life, I was a seeker. I always knew there is something else. But, mm. but my life was so small. So my family's reality was more like living paycheck to paycheck, you know, have no mortgage or just get along. Mm. And for me, that was just nothing. I always wanted more. And they always told me, stop it. Like, how dare you asking for more? Mm. And I, I just knew I want more. So... Growing up, I moved to Budapest. I kind of had a nice life. I became a hairdresser, a good one, actually. I was working for the biggest brands. I was traveling the world. I was working on stage with the, with the biggest names. I was, like, basically when I finished school, my school asked me to come back to educate. Mm. So I was working at the Tony and Guy Academy here in Budapest for over 10 years. And I was always successful in everything I did because there was one thing that was different. I was different from other people is that I was always enthusiastic. Mm. I didn't care. Even my, my job was a shit. I woke up in the morning and I was like, well, I have one day to leave. Like, why wouldn't I be enthusiastic Happy about what I'm joyful. doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I and I was always different. Like people never got me. It's like, what? Why are you so happy? Why? I was always too much for them. So I was told many, many times by people. It's like, I'm too much. Just shut up. Just, just, can you just be for two minutes? Like, don't move. And I'm like a shark. I'm, I, I would die if I could move hmm. it, with everything. Like oh, my being, my body. Like, I love to move. I love to be fast. 
and I'm always faster than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I really do love that. So I was doing this casual life, what anyone does. I had the relationship, kind of, you know, planning to get married, having kids. But I was just not happy. <laughs> you didn't feel like that? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, like, my inner something, I don't know how would I call that, were, was always telling me if something wasn't right for me because I felt really unhappy all yeah. of a sudden. And I was unhappy in my relationship, so I knew I, I need some change. So I broke up with my boyfriend. I mm. moved out, and he told me... The first day when I moved to my new place, he helped me to take my stuff there. And when I closed the door, he told me, you're going to whine and cry at my door mm. in less than two weeks. It's like, <laughs> That's a nice thing to say bye. <laughs> you should really not nice tell this to someone no, like me. Not at all. Because you will <laughs> never do that. <laughs> so I was like, fuck <laughs> you. I'm not going to do that. So he left and then basically I created a beautiful mm. life. But somehow I always I was always seeking. I'm like, I didn't know what is life about? Like why we are here, what, what we are doing here. So I was always seeking and what I was doing, I went back to my childhood. I tried to figure out why my parents divorced, why did they do this and that, why my dad did this to me, blah, blah, blah. And then I I just find myself going home and drinking every night. So mm. basically I became an alcoholic and mm. I was drinking a bottle of wine every day. Wow. If By I had yourself? some palinka or something at home, <laughs> I would drink that too. Palinka is a Hungarian uh, yes. some suicide drink pretty much. Like that's what <laughs> it's, a it's a shot kind of thing. It's super, super strong. Yeah. Kills you. So you drink that alone? Yeah. So wow. so before so before that I had a boyfriend and we used to do drugs. But at some point in that relationship, I, because I came from a village, I didn't know anything. Mm. And I tried something I should not. And then that made me feel better. And I, it made me escape from this reality, which was heavy. And de- I, I used to be depressed a lot. Mm. And so when I was doing drugs, I felt amazing for a couple of days, right? On the weekends. And then after years, I was like, what am I doing? Like, Mm. what is this? So I quit the relationship. I quit doing drugs. But then I started drinking. So I was single. I was working a lot. I had my own salon. I had many people working for me at the salon. I had class, like more, um, like a lot of um, kids at uh, her school. But then the end of the day, I was going home. And I remember one day it was really hard for me I was I stopped at the same grocery store with my scooter I used to ride my scooter I Mm. stopped there and I stepped into the grocery store and the guy was just like grabbing the wine for me and I was like (laughs) oh my god no (laughs) fuck that's a wake-up call was it a wake-up call there it's it it was yeah it was kind of the end and then a friend of mine he told me you're always hiding at home drinking I'm like I'm not drinking he's like come on so they knew Mm. And I wouldn't admit, but at the same time I knew. And um, how long? How long did it take? I think three years. Three years even drinking wow. every day. I couldn't even imagine myself going out for lunch during the weekdays, like let's say Wednesday, and I had no, like I needed to have a glass of wine or something. Wow. It was, yeah. Did anybody say that something around this? No. Or? Wow. I mean, I was around twenty-seven, mm. so mm. most of my friends they used to drink. Not like Wednesday at 12 p.m., but uh, yeah. 
So this was a wake up call when, when this guy, I actually read an article that there's like one person who knows for sure that you have a problem. It's that, that, that those people in those, in the shops, there's like the closest family member doesn't know you enough compared to those guys who are giving the alcohol. Yeah. But, uh, well, tough. Like, thanks for sharing this. No, no, it's, um, I haven't. Yet, because my book is coming out, and mm. I'm going to share all of that in the okay. book. But, um, yeah, that was before my accident. So I was 29 when I got to the point where every single night I went home from work and I was laying on the floor watching the ceiling and just thinking, like, why am I here? It was so painful to, mm. to just be. And instead of being that in that pain, I was drinking every night. Yeah. So basically, um, there is a couple of boats here in Budapest and there are day, daytime parties on, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you know those. I heard about those. Yeah. yeah. And we used to go there every weekend and the party was going until 8 p.m. And I would never stay until 8 p.m. because I was already too drunk until mm. 6. I left around 6 every weekend. And that weekend when my accident happened, we went there, I had two drinks and then I was a little too drunk, so mm. someone took me home, and um, I realized I had no food for next morning. But I felt I felt pretty much good, and around like eight thirty p.m., I decided to jump on my on my scooter and then go to the closest grocery store. But I never got there, mm. so I got into this accident, and the whole nightmare started there because my left leg was broken. And not just broken, the wound was open and all the story came with it. So basically they wanted to amputate my leg that night. And the doctor told to my mom that they don't know what to do with my leg because it's the fracture is so bad, but the wound is open. I already got some infections and if they don't cut it off, I might die tomorrow morning. So, but somehow they managed and they kept my leg. They did some surgery here and there, mm -hmm. but they kept it like that. And then they brought me to the room. And the next morning, my life has changed forever. I remember I woke up and I was the happiest person on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. I was like, I I had the moment. I remember when I was like, I let go of everything. I, I don't care anymore who I was, who are my parents, what I should do. I remember my mom came into the room and she was like, hey, we need to call your clients that you cannot, like you, they need to get another, another yeah. appointment with someone yeah. else. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a hairdresser anymore. And mm. she's like, you, you don't know anything else. I was like, yeah, I don't, but I, I'm not going to be a hairdresser anymore. I don't know. And I, and I was like, in peace with everything. Mm. And so the doctor came in and he told me, you know, Nicolette, we saved your leg, but it looks really bad. So we think we are going to cut it off. We don't know when, so we wait. That was what we were doing. And I was like, I don't care. Cut it off. I'm good. And my whole family, they were like, what? what's going on with you? Can you explain this? Like how, because most, most people <laughs> would be freaking out and saying like please don't cut my leg or just like trying to look for any kind of remedy what brought you into I think I just got aware of there is something beyond this mm. and I I just knew that my leg will be fine 
I always knew they're not going to cut it off. I always thought many times, even before that and after a couple of times. Because, um, so what happened was in the next days, they were like, we have to wait. So they were checking on my blood mm -hmm. um, test. And they did the exam like twice a day to see my blood, how it reacts. And so in two days, the doctor came to the room and my wound was really smelly. And they opened the bandage and it was like, looked bad and was smelly. Like it was Oof. bad. And they were like, hey, we can't wait anymore. Like we can't any longer because we have to do this. And so they told me the surgery will be the next morning at 8 a.m., so get ready. And I was like, well, if this is going to happen, I need to be alone. So please, guys, just leave. So I mm -hmm. asked my mom and everyone to leave me alone. So they did. And I remember I had no tools back then. I didn't know about consciousness or spirituality or esoterics, nothing. Mm -hmm. I thought, this is hard. This is hard. <laughs> you die, you die. It's going to be dark. And that's it. And then they left. And I remembered I had a friend who used to do the Silva method. And Silva method. Yeah, that's like a visual, like you could visualize things and change mm. things um, with that technique. And so he he taught me some stuff before, but I was like skeptic. I'm like, well, whatever. And but he you told had time. Me, yeah. <laughs> and he told me that you can imagine your own lab. Mm. You can go down there and work on your body, and you can change things. And when everyone left the room, I was like, well, I have nothing, but I have the lab. I can go there, so I can change things. <laughs> so basically, that was 2 p.m. till the next morning, 8 a.m. What I was doing, I imagined going, walking down on my body, go down to my leg, take it off, take to the lab, and working on it. It was wow. so fun. It was also fun. And then, you know, I was just putting back all the bones together and then and then glue it with like some gold and dandelion and then working on it and heal it and yeah that was what I was doing the whole night long and and I was like in peace and mm. I never ever um, had that sense of peace before with myself with my body with my but I didn't know what what's mm. next what, what what's what's come next and so the doctor came to my room the next morning and they were like, okay, we need to do a next um, exam, blood test. So they did it and that was a quickie. So it's like 15 minutes, just check the the most important thing. So they did it and then they were running back to the room. I'm like, what's going on? The whole, like the whole crew. And they were like, open the bandage see everything like smelling it. It's like, it's not smelling anymore. What's going on? He's like, and the doctor was like, what's going on, guys? They're like, what did you do? <laughs> like, I uh, went to my lab. <laughs> I'm like, I went to my lab. So, no, I was like, I think I just healed my leg. I'm good. You don't have to take me to the room. They're like, no, we are not going to. So they did another test and another test. And they were like, what? You're fine. Your leg is going to stay. I'm like, wow, good. well done, Nicola. And then I realized, wow, I have some magic. I can change things here. Mm -hmm. And what is this? I want to know more. And I didn't really know what I was doing back then. It just came to me naturally. But then um, months later, I, I met someone, Andras, who is my mentor now. Mm. 
and I took a uh, letting go class with him, a Sedona method class, mm. which is uh, based on uh, really simple and pragmatic uh, releasing techniques, which you can use wherever you are. It's yeah, just, I love that method. I think it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's so like, simple. It's so simple and then... It's nothing, you know, heebie-jeebie and yeah. you don't have to believe in anything. It's pretty much like a mind trick. And yeah. uh, I think it's like a perfect entrance for everyone. For, yeah, I, I because, it, it, yeah. because it's more like um, it's a little bit beyond um, the academics and what, a, I don't know, a therapy would do to you. But it's not that spiritual. So it's it, it's really easy to receive hmm. and use and so f- it's it's for everyone yeah so the whole idea of this letting go uh it's pretty much the book is teaching you how to uh just so let i tease people a little bit about yeah. this but so people so what you when you think of something it's many people say like oh just let it go right and then yeah. you would probably punch that person when they say yeah. that to you. i would love to <laughs> But when people come to you and they're like, just let it go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. Would you tell me how <laughs> yeah, should I do that? Because exactly. that's, that's the only you. thing that no one would tell you. Yeah. But actually, said on the method actually teaches you how, yes. to, how to do it. And it's so simple. It's super simple. So yeah, there is a book. We are going to link it in everywhere where, ah, uh, where, yeah. you, can, where you can read it. Yeah, it's, it's written by um, Hale Dworskin. Mm. And that's the name, Letting Go Method. So simple um okay so besides this method so you went into and i was smirking a little bit when you were saying that you're like a, a shark that you always keep moving because after the accident that was the only thing that you could could not right so yeah. you were put into this i don't know how long nine months was it or yes so it, uh, the accident was in september and then i was able to move in july ish mm. next year yeah so nine months i was in bed and it was funny because my like it was just like a really interesting stories of um, how choice creates for you. Mm. So what happened was my fam- I was a hairdresser. So when I had my accident, I had 5,000 for in, in my wallet, which is kind of 20 bucks. And my mom was shocked. And she's like, you don't have any money? I'm like, I mean, I'm a hairdresser. I make my money every day and I spend it. And... Um, she was like, how are you going to afford to do your rent? Or how are you going to afford to food? I'm like, I don't know, but it's all done. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. I can take care of this. And so <laughs> like, my- oh, too much math for Nicolette. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was like, okay, you're going to move home. We're going to take care of you. We might do two weeks at your dad's and then two weeks at mine. I'm like, no. Hmm. I was like, if I move home, I'm going to kill myself. Like, it's going to be even worse than before my accident. And my mom was like so pushy with all of this. And and I told her like, no, stop it. I'm not moving home. I'm going to figure this out. And she's like, yeah, but we're not going to pay for your rent. I'm like, I don't need your money. I never asked for it. Leave me alone. And so they were like really interesting about the whole thing. Honestly, if I look back, if that would be my child and she has 20 bucks in her pocket and I was really like, you should move home. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, I'm not doing it. So I called um, the person I was renting the the apartment from and I told her my story and she's like, don't worry, you can pay later when you go back to work. I'm like, thank you. So then I kept the apartment and I moved back. But it was funny because my dad took me home after three, four weeks 
being in a hospital and I, I was in my scratches, right? And we got to the apartment, my dad left and I was like, oh, finally I'm alone. I can just do my thing. And then I realized, well, I can't even bring a cop to the room because I have my scratches <laughs> you need to hold all it. the oh time. It was like, wow, it was interesting. So it took a lot of time to do anything for me, yeah. basically. And I couldn't stand on my feet because it was really bad when the blood went into the thing. So I, I needed to sure. put it up somehow. You need to lay pretty much all the yeah. time. Yeah. So I, I got up twice a day only because mm. it was really painful. And I did everything I could, and then I went back to bed and then lay there. But what was really interesting is I was like, in, in, in the first two weeks, I realized I was scrolling my phone and just, I realized everyone's life is so perfect and they are so happy and they have boyfriends and kids and family and they're traveling. And I'm like, I hate them. <laughs> And I started to feel so really life. lonely yeah. and really bad about myself. And I was like, I am just a mess. Like, I can't believe this is my life. I, like, how can I be so fucked up? What's wrong with me? And instead of going down that, that road, yeah. I was like, well, I should stop doing this to myself and be kind to me. So I was like, okay, I will set up my day. I will have a schedule. Instead of going and scrolling on Instagram and Facebook, I will just learn things because I was always complaining about, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And I, I remember I was always writing. I really like writing, mm. kind of journaling, but in a different way. And I remember um, before my accident, I was writing in a small book. And in one sentence, I wrote down time, 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 basically six times. Mm. And I was kind of complaining about I don't have time for this time I would like to, to have time for traveling oh, and time for this time and <laughs> then I was feeling that I'm like well I got some time, some time now, <laughs> so yeah. what if I'm using it yeah, now for, for, right for myself and that was the time when I started to do I did I did math and history classes and I signed up for a bunch of other stuff and then I realized I haven't speak any English mm. that was six years ago because um in high school I was I was learning English kind of but it wasn't really good and then I moved to Rome so I speak Italian perfectly fine but no English no English and I realized if I would like to know more then I need to learn English so I was looking for things which were interesting to me basically traveling vlogs food food vlogs and I started to do two two hours on the morning and on the evening so I was kind of looking for interesting stuff on YouTube so I was watching reading on English and then listening just like a kid do and so yeah. I was like doing one so thing was missing is the speaking part right yeah but then you kind of went on like a nine months on liveaboard with yourself to like all right I have time I'm just like going to read you did COVID before everybody else before yeah. <laughs> we just stayed at home and figured everything out it's true. <laughs> so you did COVID before it was cool right? <laughs> <laughs> okay um i really want to talk uh, talk to you about so many things because let's jump a few years ahead uh i know your origin story is incredible and then your everyday story is incredible as well uh but right now which you have 15 people working for you you have a company last time i heard 
you're making insane amount of money with it. And then what's more to that, you're creating an impact to so many people's lives that you're changing them through various tools. And you already mentioned the word tools, but I'm not sure if um, this podcast listeners know what they are talking about. So can you tell a little bit first about access consciousness, which is one of your uh, main tools or the tool? What is it? And yeah, because I actually cannot answer this question. Like it's super difficult. I was just jump back for a second. Yeah, 100%. Just just for one sec. So... What I realized with my own life is that I had all these capacities to create something amazing, mm. but I had no tools. Because basically my family, were, they were so simple. It's not a judgment of them. I love mm. them. I still do. They changed. They actually make a lot of money and they're amazing because they came with me on the journey and they changed. But even my parents and my grandparents, they had no tools. They were just like living. They were doing what anyone else would do. And, you know, what all those people around them would do. Mm. And I realized early on that my biggest issue is that I have all this inner knowing that my life could be huge, amazing. I am able to create whatever I want. I just, I had no tools. I didn't know how to do that. I was always like, I don't know if you ever had that feeling. It's like, you don't believe that that could happen to you too. Like it's good for, like everyone else are able to create, yeah. but not you. Well, not you, yeah. Did you have yeah. that feeling? And then when I had that feeling, I was like, I'm going beyond this. I'm, mm. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not stopping myself here. I don't know how, if it takes me 15 years, that's fine too. I'm going, I'm going to do that. So after my accident, I met Andreas, we mentioned, mm. and he was one of the first access consciousness certified facilitators in Hungary. Mm-hmm. So access consciousness is, um, is a company based in the United States, and now they are in 197 countries. And what they do is they teach tools on consciousness. So it's not spirituality, it's not like psychology it's kind of between the two and it helps you to be able to change whatever you want and so what I like about this I always hate it when people try to tell me what to do Mm. like I always knew what works for others wouldn't work for me I was just so different always and what I realized with this is people don't need advice they need tools Mm. what you just said like you can tell people, oh, just let it go. Yeah, but how? Yeah. Tell yeah. me how. Give me tools. And so for me, when I realized that, so even back then when it, I didn't know about these tools yet, I was um, going to the hospital every day to do the therapy for my leg. And I did um, short videos and I put them on YouTube. And many people telling me now that I, I was watching those videos. Really? They were amazing. Wow. I was doing nothing. I was just sharing my stories and, hey, this has happened to me. And like so, so many magic showed up in my life because, so this is where I want to go with this. I chose not to move to my mom. I didn't know how I will make money. And I realized that my accident was on 2015, September 18th. Mm -hmm. And... 2014 
September 19, I called a friend of mine that I'm riding my scooter. I am a hairdresser. If I got into an accident, how can I make money? And she's like, you need an insurance. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just do one. So on the same day, I got an insurance, which I had an accident right in the next year, the same day, almost. And they paid me so much money. Everyone told me they're not going to pay you. Wow. Oh, they want to find. And when I got back from the hospital and um, I needed to pay something, so I went to my bank um, account and I thought I have like, I don't know, 200 bucks in it. And I had one million forint, which is like four grand or three grand. I can't remember. Mm. And I was like, what is this money? And I saw that was that was the insurance company. And I got a, an email from them. Oh, this is some, some money for now. And they will go look at all the cases. And then they will send me all the, all the rest. Wow. So basically, I had more money <laughs> being home. Before than ever before oh, wow and i couldn't drive my car because my leg was broken mm. but my neighbor come up one day and she's like playing with the um, car key and she's like oh here is the car key i'm like i have a car did you see my leg she's like this is automata you don't need to you don't need the left leg no yeah and i was like what and she's like yeah you can use we, we don't need it so i got the car and then like, everything so i realized when you are not on the way of thinking, of trying to figure it out. Having all these presumptive realities is like, if I do this, that's going to happen. If I do this, that's going to happen. Mm. When you get out of the way and you have no other choice but creating with magic, then magic will show up. And so my whole mm. life was so magical. Like only amazing things happened to me. And I had more money and nicer food and nicer clothing and nicer everything than ever before. And I was like, wow, I'm not even working. And I have all this money. I have this beautiful car and I'm living here. Like, I love my life. And so when I needed to go back to work, I already met these tools. So I was, uh, my life got even nicer and nicer every day. And uh, Ooh, I, I have a question here. Like, what happened to drinking? Like, how didn't uh, that... that Went to that was just gone right that away. That was crazy because apparently, like that was the last straw as well for yeah. for the drinking as well. So so basically, that's crazy. Yeah, because I was blaming myself. I was drinking that day. I wasn't drunk, mm. and it was a couple hours after. Yeah, yeah. And but I just I was like, I'm not drinking anymore. Like this is fucking up my life, and I I don't want this. So pretty much that accident. Like cured your financials, your 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 food, your your alcoholism. That was like oh, that's, that's yeah. And I had crazy. time, yeah, and space, yeah, time, yeah. And I was I got so creative. I was at home and I was just thinking about the future. And I was like, oh my god. And so when I met the tools of excess consciousness, um, so they basically have um, a bunch of tools. For everything. Hmm. So if you want to change your relationship, there is a class for relationships. If you want to change your money stuff, you can change that. If you want to create a business, there are business classes. And they're not like usual business classes. Those are more like um, giving you tools to be able to be and create in a different way as you did before. And I realized by reading all about this and using these tools that everything works actually the opposite way 
as I was told before. Hmm. What do you mean? Like people would tell you, you need to have answers to know, know things and then follow those rules. And this is the way how you create your life. Yeah. And then it's actually turned out the opposite for me. It's like you have to have questions and question everything because everything that is an answer is like so solid that nothing else can appear. Yeah. And when you give up those answers, everything that you just brought from your childhood, from your parents, from everyone around you, and you are going to create your own life with those questions is like what works for me what should I choose here where should I go from here or what what who am I actually yeah then things start to melt and things start to change for you because when you have a point of view when you have an, a solid answer this is how it works then nothing else can show up because your point of view creates your reality and yeah. not the opposite way around yeah and so for me, that was the first thing I'm like, but I need to have answers. That's what I was told. Mm. This was stupid. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, I thought this is stupid. But then I was like, yeah, but I can ask questions around this and that. And my favorite question, which changed everything for me, was what do I want my life be like in five years? Mm. And I remember like sitting on the tram. My life was so small back then. Um, sitting on the tram and like, wandering around about what do I want my life be like in five years and I just got all those downloads and big things and you know everything you are aware of it's actually possible for you to create and mm. this is what access consciousness gives you it helps you to access your consciousness mm. your knowing your being your yeah your superpowers yeah, I think these questions I even used when I started to talk about, uh, I had had talks about my bucket list. I wrote my bucket list when I was 25. And and then the reason everybody talks about what they want, usually, and then, and then they use the word but, and then they say their excuses. So I would like to be, I don't know, I would like to go to Argentina, but I don't have the money. Mm. And then what I told them without needing any of this stuff, but what I, what I told, what, what I tell everybody in my book as well and also uh, in my talks is that just take the second part of this sentence and make a question out of it. And then the question shouldn't be like, why don't, why don't I have money for this, you know? But like, how, how can I have money for it? Like, and then that creates another question. How much money actually do I need to have mm. for this? And that creates another question. And uh, you just ride wrong with all these questions until you actually get something, something to do, you know? Uh, and then this was something that I really, really liked about about these tools there's various tools and i'm also uh into this because of you but uh, i i love i love the mindset that it creates because it doesn't put you down of like like would you just acknowledge how much you were doing them even before you met them <laughs> yeah right? I know. and the same for yeah, me i realized yeah. because i'm seeing you creating and i know mm. you from i don't know eight ten years because while sitting at home for nine months i was watching your uh, stuff and and reading your uh, blog mm. and yeah it's um it's amazing and and what you just said so it's actually not about the tools so that's what access consciousness says this is not access consciousness a question not an access consciousness mm. tool but this system finally 
brings together all the tools that actually works. And you don't have to go anywhere else because we tested them. They're actually working. And then something is true for you. You can use them. Something are not, like something is not. And then you just leave it there. And I think what's the best about this is, is um, like no one talks about this stuff mm. out there. And it gives this sense back to you is you already knew this. Mm. Like I remember listening to Dane and I haven't speak any, he's the, one of the co-creators of Access Consciousness and, and I didn't speak in English, but I was just listening and I felt like melting into something. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is actually changing my life right now, mm. even though I can't understand it. And it did, it changed my life. And so what what we are realizing with these tools and using them is, is it's not about using these tools. It's actually being them. Because what a kid do when they grow up? They are like curious, right? You tell them, oh, don't touch it. It's too hot. They are like, oh, I have to touch it. I have to <laughs> check if, is it true that it's hot? Oh, it's hot. Mm. And what you do is that you are so curious. You want to know more. And that's how kids grow up they want like they ask questions right mm. and yep. what happens to kids they're like oh they don't talk they don't talk yet they don't walk yet you should walk say mom <laughs> say mom and then when finally kids start to talk and then finally they start to move they're like shut up <laughs> stop asking questions yeah. <laughs> and then and don't talk while you're eating <gasps> you, you cannot talk at the dining table yeah. and this is what they do and they're like and they put us in school when you're six and seven and you are not allowed to move <laughs> when, you're a, when you're a kid you need to move and they're like they write to your parents it's like oh nicolette is moving too much she can't stay still that? for 45 minutes <gasps> what a wrong thing right what about a the kid yeah, yeah. <laughs> i could okay. never stay still so yeah. i was like running around the room and they were like so upset yeah um so I think one of the amazing things that you guys are doing, uh, what you do and your team is doing, is transforming uh, transforming reality on what we think about money and then the money si mindset. And then we talked a lot about money, uh, but I mean, I mean, the mindset that you had. What is the one misconception that you think people right now have about money? Oh, a lot. Um, so we're making a lot of money and I started by myself. So mm. I was alone and I, one thing was interesting. So in Hungary, you can be self-employed. It's really simple. You pay 200 bucks a month for taxes and then that's it. And then you can make 12 million forints, which is like, I don't know, 40 grand ish. Yeah. Kind of in Maybe. US dollars. So it's basically tax-free. It's free money. And when I moved back from San Francisco, I because I got married and then I got divorced. And when I moved back, I had no... Two one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was four months, so yeah. it was really quick. So, so when I moved back, I had no money. And I always thought that I need a rich man to be able to afford to buy things. And yeah, that's cr crazy. You, I heard this, that you, that, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I grew up like People that. So that, right? yeah, yeah, my family always told me, oh, Nicola, you need a rich husband and then you're going to be fine. 
That's it. And basically, I had always rich boyfriends and I hated them. Not because they were like wrong. They were awesome. But I hated them because that was not true for me that mm. I need a bo- rich boyfriend. Mm. So I tried to force myself into something that was not true for me. For me, what's true is like go out and fucking create. Yeah. And I love to create. I love it. I can't, I, I, I hate sleeping. I want to do something all day long. Like I like to be on meetings. I like to create new things. I like to try things. I like to, I like to fail. I like to win. I love all of it. And so growing up, I was told that I need a rich boyfriend. So I tried to have a rich boyfriend. So I got married to a rich guy. He was awesome, actually. But the relationship wasn't working because I got so unhappy in that marriage because I was doing nothing. And that was not true for me. Mm. And so we ended up getting a divorce, which he left me. But he told me, you left me, but you were never making the choice. So I'm making the choice for you. So he, that, yeah. he did make the choice. I moved back. I had no money. And then one morning I woke up. I had my phone, an old iPhone, and I took off the charger. And then it, my, my battery dropped to 1%. I was like, fuck, I need a new phone. Oh, then I need, need a rich boyfriend. I was like, what did you just say? So I catch myself hmm. saying that. And I took myself to the kitchen and I had the self-talk. It's like, hey, what is this? And I realized that I have the point of view that I'm not able to create. To be able to create, I need to have a boyfriend or someone else outside of me. And I put the source of the creation outside of me. The source was always outside. It wasn't me. It was it was a rich boyfriend or it was or, someone else. You yeah. know, yeah. yes. It's when you're when you're saying that you're going to do your life and you're winning the lottery. It's pretty much the same yeah. idea, isn't it? Yeah. So you're always putting it out somewhere else, like, and then you kind of take leadership on on. Yeah. Hey, this is my life. Yeah. I'm going to do this, yeah. and then it doesn't belong to anything else. Yeah. So I was sitting home. And the wondering, I'm like, what what do I want to do with my life? And I always had this like energy. Like I know how my life could look like in five mm. years if I was all in. And that morning I realized I need to commit to myself, to my creation, and 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 be able to be the source of my creation because not the source, not, not the money, the source of the creation is actually you. When you put money as a source, then it's really hard to achieve anything because you would always have an excuse. Oh, I can't do this because I don't have the money. Yeah. And honestly, when I started, I had no money. So I, I was using all of my tools I had, but I had not like a nice camera. I had not a mic. I, I had a really old computer, half of it broken. Um, the, the screen was broken, but I could kind of get along. And I created so much money with that one broken computer because I was all in. And one other thing which was really big for me, huge for me about the money part is that was the hardest. I think this is what most of the people would never do. They would rather be with someone or be around the family than be, go alone. So I realized when I started to talk about the tools after my uh, marriage ended and I came back to Budapest, people told my parents that I, I'm crazy. 
I'm cuckoo. Mm. <laughs> so be careful because this girl, she's weird as fuck. And my parents were like, hey, Nicolette, what are you doing? Don't talk to people about your marriage and stuff in front of the camera. Like, oh, so many people watching you. And my neighbor told me this and that. And I'm like, dad, I don't care. And I got so much of the judgments at first. Mm. And I realized that I need to, I was like, I'm going. If none of these people will come with me, I will go because I am. So I was really aware of what is possible when ne no one went before me. And I was like, I'm going there. If my family comes, fine. If not, we don't so talk you, anymore. So that you can do it by yourself. Yeah. That you can and the most yeah. of the people, they're not yeah. willing to go alone. Yeah. They were like, no, I don't want to lose these people. I want my friends. I want these people. And I'm like, I don't care. Mm. I'm going. And you know what happened? No one left. <laughs> Actually, they come. They did classes yeah. with me. They do bars. They do all of it with me. And they are amazing. And their life has changed mm. a lot. So if we go back to the original question of what do you think is the misconception mis uh, of the people about money, it would be that they don't dare to, to go there by themselves? or Yeah, two things, I guess. One is... Um, they have to admit that they are the source of the creation. Mm. That's not the money part. So okay, one it. thing, no. committing to your life, be happy because money follows joy. Mm. When you're happy doing what you do, money will show up. And then the other thing is be willing to go. Even though people will join you, even though they don't. Just go and create your life. Because that's mostly presumptive reality that people would leave you if you would go so that's what stops you from going yeah and when you give it up yeah some people will leave that's true because it's uncomfortable for them they don't want to change they are not desiring the same things that you do but that's fine too yeah don't judge I think them it, i think it's also true for because i have this uh like when i talk to people and i and i ask them what if you would have like gazillion dollars you know like and it keeps coming back and then they always it always gets back that they think they're going to be too weird you know and then people yes. are not going to hang out with them so it's this is exactly what you're saying yeah. that they don't like even if they don't acknowledge but if you can just think about it maybe that's one thing that you're afraid of that you're going to be weird yeah. don't worry about it you're already weird probably yeah <laughs> if you're listening to this you're probably weird yeah and i think the money the purpose of money is, for me, the purpose of money is three things. One is changing other people's reality. Mm. I love to use my money to, you know, when you have a friend and they would never, uh, they would never buy something for themselves. Yeah. And then when the, you buy it for them, they were like, wow. Or you invite them to a nice dinner, which is really expensive. They would never do that mm. for themselves. Or when you buy things for people that changes something in their universe. Like, I used to buy Gucci shoes for my boyfriend. And he was like, you can just buy Gucci shoes? I'm like, yeah, you can just buy Gucci shoes. Not a big deal. And it's not about, I wouldn't buy for myself sometimes because I don't care. But for someone else. But when I bought it for him, it you could see his system were like booting is like yeah. what the hell like yeah. she just bought me a gucci shoes just just like that so this is one thing i think the other purpose of money is um being able to buy space for you mm. 
business class, bigger apartment, bigger car. It's not about the bigger car. It's like your body likes space. I like to live in places where you have this mm-hmm. big space or or maybe you just have a tiny house, but you have nature. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Or you yeah. can afford to traveling and that creates space. So I think that the second one and what's the third one? I always, what's the third purpose of money, Nicolette? Mm, I can recall. Maybe, Isn't it whatever. that your, mu- your, your, maybe that your body needs uh, the yeah. money? No? Your mu- Isn't it? Yeah. That's true too. So it's not you. <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to my recordings. I, I get do. that. I, I whisper yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So when you have money, you have more choice. Oh yeah. yeah. Because yeah. definitely have, yeah, money creates more choice yeah. and yeah. more for you. So I think like, you know, there's two things which I always tell people. It's like, why is that that all those people owning the, the most of the money in the world who are destroying this planet and destroying this mm. reality. Why wouldn't you guys go and have a lot of money? And they are like, in my classes, they're like, oh, I never thought about this way. It's so true. Why all these people have the money who are destroying the planet? Mm. Like, yeah, let's have money and create something amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. I can do that. Now, I, now maybe I'm interested. I wasn't interested yet, but yeah. now I'm interested. So... Yeah, I think when you have the money, you can change a lot, not just mm. for yourself, but for everyone else around you. So mm. why wouldn't you have money? And, you know, many people are spiritual. They would be like, um, I don't charge money for this because I'm helping people. I remember when the first time I took my first class with uh, Dane, Access Consciousness class was $2,000. Creating that money changed my life. Mm. Paying for that class changed my life. Because and I was like, yeah. wow, I could create this? My God. I wonder what else can I create? Yeah. So charge people for things that you do. <laughs> yeah. Because that makes them, keeps them in creation. Mm. When you don't charge for your things you don't do, what you do, then they don't, and another thing is about that is when I get the class for free, I never listen. When I pay, I do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and people can receive as much as they pay. Hmm. The amount they pay. Hmm. They pay this much, they yeah. receive that much. They pay this much, they will receive that much. Yeah, it's a big. That's really true. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how, but this time uh, passed. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was like 30 minutes. I just thought it. <laughs> uh, I'm really grateful that you're here. Thank and then uh, I'm looking forward to what kind of rocket ship you're building. <laughs> that you're just like shooting out in the sky. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I really hope that there's going to be more and more things that uh, maybe in, even in English, I hope. Right? Yes, for you. It's coming. Okay, cool. Uh, because, because I started the promo for it. Yeah. Um, so... Mm. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Thank you, buddy. Bye. Bye.